Welcome to Baseball Biz. I'm Mark Carver, your host, and with me today is none other than Mr. Hey, Brandon, no way. Where's it? Oh, oh, you're mailing it in today, Brandon. Got it. Okay. Brandon will be joining us on this very special edition of Raise Up Baseball Biz via recorded message. But actually, we're looking really forward to that. He's brought a couple of very exciting things about today's show. One of them is a breakdown of what's happened with the AL East and Brandon's call to open the books. What's happening, Brandon? All right. Thank you, Mark. And... Everyone out there listening, I hope you had a happy and safe Memorial Day weekend, especially those who served and their families as well. I would like to echo those thanks. We are very fortunate to have the men and women who have served this country so well, both past and present, so thank you. And I know this is a little bit weird, you know, we're not recording live at the same time, or live, I use that term loosely, but, you know, scheduling conflicts, this is the way we had to do it, and hopefully for the show later in this week, we'll be back to normal. And my part of the show, I'm going to be talking more about the Rays lawsuit, and I'm also be going to be doing a quick rundown on the AL East as well. Well, let's start with that AL East rundown. We're going to start out at the bottom with the Orioles, who at the time of recording, they're in last place, and they'll probably be in last place when you're listening to this. They started out really hot. They swept swept the Red Sox in the opening series of the season. And ever since then, they've slowly slid back into pretty much where everybody expected them to be. They're well below 500 at the moment. They're at a 321 win percentage. So reality has really kind of set in with the Orioles, and there's nothing really much I can say other than Trey Mancini's having a great year. Hopefully he can win the comeback player of the year award if they have it in baseball because he's been a heck of a story and he's been the lone bright spot in Oriole baseball. In fourth place, we have the Blue Jays, who at the moment are 27 and 25, and they've been kind of off to a slow start. They're still trying to find their footing. You know, they haven't had their full lineup out there. Springer has been injured a lot pretty much the whole time he's been there. He has, he's only played like five games total. So, you know, there's still time for them to get going. They're still in it. They're only six games out. But I mean, even though you can't win the championship in, in May and June, you can certainly lose it. And if the Blue Jays don't start to get their footing and go on a little bit of a run here, they can find themselves on the outside looking in pretty quickly. In third, we have the Yankees, who at the time are 29 and 24. They're kind of coming off of a rough week. They lost two out of three to the Blue Jays and they would have played a fourth game but that game was postponed due to weather and they over the weekend they were swept by the one of the worst teams in baseball in the Tigers so Yankee Twitter has definitely been something to watch the past couple days especially with Stanton who came back off of the IL then proceeded to go 0 for 4 with four strikeouts and then he was given the day off the next day and Yankee Twitter was great to read when that came out. And they're a team who, they're like right there. They're going to go on a run. I just feel it. As a race fan, I don't want to see that. But as a baseball fan, trying to be objective, their pitching staff has been unbelievable the past week, week and a half. Even though they haven't played great over long stretches, they're still in it. And if they can just go on a tear like the Rays did, like the Red Sox did, for this year, 
they can jump out to a pretty big lead in the AL East, and I think they're a team that can do that pretty easily looking at that roster. In second, we have the Red Sox, who are 32-20, and 20, a game behind the leading team in the AL East. And the Red Sox, they've done a really good job. They're still a surprising team. They're hanging in there. I, I give them credit. I didn't think they would be this good. I think they would maybe kind of be where Toronto is, you know, hovering around 500. But Memorial Day, which I think is one of the big, you know, barometers of the season, they're still hanging in there. And the way they've played so far this year... If they can keep it up, I don't see a reason why they can't win this division. And I know I did question that coming into the year. If it comes down to it in the playoffs and they win the division, I'll I'll admit I'm wrong. I have no no problem admitting that. But even though I am a Rays fan, I don't want to see the Red Sox win the division. I think that they can, and that's that's possible at the moment. And lastly, rounding out the rundown, we have the Rays, who are in first place at 34-20. and 20. And this past win streak, they've won their past five series. They've been really good playing the best baseball I've seen them play in a while, at least this year. And it seems like they're playing a real team game where if the offense has a bad day, then the pitching will lift them up and win them the game. If the pitching is having a bad day, then the offense will pick them up and they'll win. They'll win pretty, and then they'll win ugly, which you need to know how to win both when it comes down to crunch time in the playoffs. What better time to learn it than earlier in the year so you have that experience going into the stretch run into the playoffs. Okay, I got a few comments in there, Brandon. Uh, one thing is the Yankees, yeah, oh my gosh, they're suffering. I know they're having some injuries, but so are a lot of other teams. And the Blue Jays just beat the heck out of them. It's certainly a big part of that came with Alec Manoa. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about him in just a minute. But the, the, the whole idea with the Yankees and the suffering, uh, the, the Detroit Tigers, did anybody see that? I didn't see that. I don't know if even A.J. Hinch saw that. The, the Tigers beating up the Yankees that much? What does this portend for the future? You know, uh, I wish every team good health, so we'll see what comes. But the Blue Jays have really seen a spark bringing in this new pitcher. This guy, Alec Manoa, he's been in development for a bit. Manoa was like the 11th selection in the first round draft. Manoa was like the top pitching prospect. This is from R.J. Anderson, CBS Sports. He says the six foot six righty entered the year ranked as Toronto's third best prospect. And then looking at the game when he uh, he went up against the Yankees the other day. <laughs> Manoa, let's see, with 88 pitches, 60 of those went for strikes, and he also registered first pitch strikes to 15 of the 22 batters he faced. And if you looked what he was pitching to, I mean, it was a pretty good mix. They're talking about fastballs in the mid-90s, sliders, change-ups. That's just amazing. So, it's great to be able to see a young talent like that come up, and I'm sure he'll be part of the regular rotation for the Blue Jays. Well, let's come back to the Rays, because this is the Memorial Day Raise Up edition of Baseball Biz. And one of the things celebrating is being able to go out to the ball game. Right now, at the Trop, there has been a limited amount of seats that have been available to the fans to come see the games. Let's see, capacity was... 
set at 9,000. And that's going to be up to all the way to 20,000 for next week when we come back home to face the Nationals. By the way, that 20,000 is nice. It's an ambitious number. Also, when you look at uh, average attendance for 2019, was 14,734. So, oh, and a quick little side note. I noticed that you're not allowed to bring your own food to the game. So I don't know if that's COVID or whatever, but it used to be you could bring food to to a race game. So I don't know about that. So we're able to get some fans back in the stands. I'm looking forward to getting a ticket. Maybe I'll get a chance to see the Nationals when they come next week. And I don't believe you have to wear a mask as long as you've got your double vaccination. Probably doing that on the honor system. Speaking of honor system, let's, uh, let's go ahead. And I want to run the report here from Brandon. His request in John Romano's story for Stu to open the books. Here it is. My part of the show, I'm going to be talking more about the Rays lawsuit. Not sure if Mark is doing as well. I'm sure he'll he'll give some thoughts or two on that. And starting out with the Rays on their side, I have an article by John Romano from LeaderTelegram.com. I'll, I'll try to tweet it out. If not, if you just go to Google, type in Leader Telegram John Romano, it should come up. But he wrote a really good article about the lawsuit. Rays are being faced with by stakeholders, and he says that if the Rays are forced to open their books, lawsuit could be a good thing and i'm with him i do believe it could be a good thing and he lays out some really good points here in this article in the in the beginning of the article he writes quote what we should be thinking as a community and emotional stakeholders in tampa bay's baseball franchise is nothing short of the truth that may sound overly simplistic but unvarnished truth has always been hard to come by at tropicana field and this lawsuit could provide the best chance yet to take a peek at the team's financial health to figure out just how profitable the Rays really are. And yes, that's something I believe, and I believe many around the Bay Area believe, that the Rays have not been very truthful to their fans. And that's something I think is very important, because with all the roster turnover and the relative cheapness compared to most other franchises in Major League Baseball. If the Rays were to come out and say, hey, look, here's our books. As you can see, we don't make as much money as we would like to, to be able to spend more money in free agency or to keep guys here on our team long term. That's why we have to do all this turnover. Then I would be more understanding and be like, hey, they they understand it. They're open and honest. I appreciate that. But it doesn't seem to be that way. And the Rays aren't going to open their books. And also, he writes in this article a little bit further down, I just want to bring up that the Rays, they're not going to open up their books because they always hide behind the facade of being a private business. But that's not entirely accurate. And when it comes time to, they will refer to themselves as a public institution And when it comes time to, like right now with the new stadium deal, they will basically say, hey, we're a public institution. How much money are you going to give us to build our new stadium? And that's where an interesting point comes up here in this little lawsuit they have going on. Some of these shareholders are saying that the Rays had 
about $400 million just sitting there in 2020 last year. Nobody knows what that's really for. Only Stu and supposedly the shareholders will know what it's for. Could it be him just trying to save money for himself? And Romano also writes that, hey, maybe it could be money set aside for a new stadium. I believe that would be nice and all, but the one problem is, a couple years ago, the Rays had a stadium, a design all laid out and everything. It was a beautiful ballpark right in the middle of Ybor City. I was, everybody was excited for it. We thought it was going to come. But the only thing is, the Rays were only willing to put up 10%. Or a hundred million dollars total. And that deal really fell through because they wanted the city to pay for pretty much the whole thing. And I don't really understand that's basically given, getting the stadium for free when you're paying it over a 20, 25, 30 year deal. And another thing, it's kind of, I'm sorry if I'm jumping around, but going back to the race saying that they're crying poor, they recently got a 30, a, a very lucrative deal with Fox Sports Sun, now Valley Sports Sun, and I believe it was roughly $385 million. And the TV deal just in the last three, four years has skyrocketed. Looking at this in 2018, it was $35 million, then it jumped up to $50 million in 2019. And I wasn't able to find anything on what it was last year or it's going to be this year, but I'm no expert on, you know, contracts and deals. Very rarely do they stay the same or go down in value. So I'm imagining that maybe it continued to rise year over year. Now, COVID in 2020 could have changed all that. I don't imagine that they're really hurting for money. And they're not paying rent on the trop. Trop is completely paid off. They're basically paying there for free now. The only thing they're really paying for, you know, is upkeep, employees, and player salaries. It seems like basically Stu is in it to make the money. In Romano, near the end of his article, he writes out, I have no doubt that Sternberg wants to maximize his investment in any way he can, but it's also true that his tenure with the Rays has been mostly exemplary. He took a team with zero history and shaky financial support and turned it into one of the most envied and trailblazing franchises in Major League Baseball. Now, this lawsuit threatens to overshadow those accomplishments. And lastly, he writes, If the allegations are false, Sternberg should welcome the opportunity in a courtroom to set the record straight. And yes, I, while I do have my problems with Stu and this organization, they have done a good job. I'm not going to say great job because greatness involves winning world championships and they haven't done that yet maybe they will later in this year but that's yet to be determined with all that they've done getting more out of less has been exemplary and that's why i said in the last show why it makes me sad that i've lost my love for this franchise because of one man is because they're such a likable team and they, they do more with less, which they're like the classic underdog story. And when he's talking about Sternberg going to a courtroom and setting the record straight, showing that these allegations are false, I say just open up your books. Honesty is the best policy. There's a reason everybody has said that, and that's been around for years. Now, will that happen? 
I, I don't think so. I would love for it to happen. I just want to know. Are they making more money? Is he in it for the money? Which I think is a resounding yes. Which isn't what I want from my owner. Now, that may make me naive, but I want my owner to want to win. Want to win more than anything else. Because you look at the great franchises in sports like the Cowboys, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Yankees. All those great franchises in sports history. Those owners, it's, everything starts from the top. And those owners, they'll do anything to win. And it shows all throughout the organization and mostly, most importantly, on the field. And I just don't get that with Stu. I don't think he has that burning desire to win. We have that with another franchise here in the light. Have actually been recognized as one of the premier organizations in all of sports. Overall, I hope with this lawsuit we get more clarity on their situation and we can just figure out are they making more money? Are they really telling the truth? They really don't make much? Or is it somewhere in the middle? That's basically all I want to know is the truth. And hopefully through the court systems, through the legal battles and all that stuff, if there is any, we'll find out more and we can get more clarity and raise fans and Bay Area sports fans in general can get the truth that they deserve because Honestly, from that baseball team, they, they really deserve it. The organization should do something for the fans for once, instead of for themselves and the almighty dollar. Wow, that's uh, <laughs> that's great analysis there by Brandon. i tell you what it's, I'm going to be making. I do want to say a few things. One, as Jack Nicholson would say, you can't handle the truth. That may be true, especially for me, with things that may be uncovered. If I figure out that Stu has really been holding back and really doesn't want to put up a lot of money that he already has to invest in a new stadium and keep a team here in Tampa Bay 100% of the time, that I couldn't handle that truth. The other thing I'd say to Brandon is this. Yes, Stu is in this to make money. I know you want to own her with passion and with a heart. And you, you think about Steve Cohen. He wants to win. He's making decisions to win. I get that. But with Stu, it's a business, you know, and you can read a lot of things where Stu shows his excitement about baseball, but in the end, you know, we're looking at guys who came from Wall Street. It's all about the dollar. And I hope he does have some passion for the game, but I don't think it overrides this business sense about making money. And now, for that special segment of Baseball Biz Rays Up Edition, the X-Rays. And I'm not talking about the Expos and the Rays. I'm talking about Rays who have been traded or who left the team. A gathering of the X-Rays took place recently as the Padres faced the Brewers. Fan favorite Mr. Willie Thomas was recently traded to the Brewers. But the good news was, he didn't go there without some friends he had known before. I'm speaking specifically of right fielder Avisayo Garcia and Brewers third baseman Daniel Robertson. In a recent series of games, they faced off against the Padres, where they met fellow alums Emilio Pagan, 
Tommy Pham, and Jake Cronenworth. Also, you got to remember, there's one other guy with the Padres, Mr. Blake Snell. And during that recent meeting, we you know we saw some good activity from these people. And it was in game one, Garcia, he went one for four. However, that one came in the form of a solo home run in the bottom of the fourth. And also in game one, let's see, Willie, see, he's still at shortstop. He had two at-bats, walked twice, and then brought in two runs from his two at-bats. Daniel Robertson was, let's see, he's returning the team after a month on the IL due to a concussion. He, so he came off the bench of that game and delivered the goods by scoring a home run. Ooh, go Brewers, go Willie, go Daniel, go Avi. Let's take a look at game four. And in game four of the Padres, some of the former alums, X-Rays, Emilio Pagan, he took the mound late in the seventh, and he pitched for one inning. He delivered, let's see, one strikeout and gave up one walk. During that same game, Tommy Pham, another former Ray from left field, went two for five at the bat and scored one run. Jake Cronenworth, second baseman, former Ray, went over four at bat and scored one run. It's interesting to see all these former races. One thing is, the more you watch baseball, you can look at and you can know more about other teams simply because you knew the race from 2019. Let's lastly let's address what's happening with Blake Snell. So he's with the Padres, and last night he took the mound against the Astros. The results were not great. He wound up throwing 81 pitches in about three innings. He was, he, he said, see here, I'm looking at an article with San Diego Tribune. They say the sixth time in 11 starts, he failed to get through five innings. And the second start in a row, he didn't get through four. Uh, you know, it, Blake in an interview, he acknowledges that it's tough times, but he sees positivity overall in his pitches and he's going to get better. Here it is in the San Diego Union Tribune. It says, quote, from Snell. Obviously, this has been really annoying for me and really frustrating, but it's going to make me a lot better. So I have find a way to get out of it, find a way to be the pitcher that I know I am. Once I do that, we'll be able to get it going and put this behind us so I don't have to keep dealing with this, unquote. That's a real positive attitude, as best as you're going to get. I see something else where Tingler said, we're going to get this all figured out. Stale is a great pitcher. You know, we're talking about a Cy Young Award winner. Every pitcher has slumps, has some difficulties, has some challenges. Eh, I think we get there. But that's the last I'll say about that. <laughs> so we send our fervent best wishes on this Memorial Day to Blake Snell, Willie Damas, Avi Sal Garcia, Daniel Robertson, Jake Cronenworth, Emilio Pagan, and somebody else I'm surely forgotten. It is always great to be a Rays fan. And it's always great to see when these people migrate elsewhere, that they continue to have a success as long as it's not against our race. <laughs> Enough about waxing about past rays. Let's take a look at what's happening with our race this week. They just finished up with Kansas City and the Phillies, sweeping the Phillies in a two-game series. Can you sweep in a two-game series? I guess they did. They're now heading to New York. What's interesting, too, is the last two games, I think Saturday, Sunday, both were like after two, afternoon games, around 1 o'clock. Here we are on Memorial Day. 
they're flying to New York. And again, they'll have a one o'clock game. Doubt if they'll have batting practice. Facing New York in the Yankee Stadium is going to be very exciting. You've got to figure the Yankees are hurt right now. You know, they've taken it hard losing those games to Detroit. So what comes next? They, you know, well, guess what? They sent an invitation to the Rays. The Rays are appearing on Memorial Day, and bam, it's going to be fun. So keep your eyes on the tube. I'm looking forward to watching these games, and I know the Yankees fans are too. <laughs> Thanks again, everybody, for joining us here today on Baseball Biz, the special Memorial Day edition. So, pre-recorded, Brandon, do you have any additional words to add to the show? All right, everybody, thank you for listening on. I hope I didn't ramble on too much, and I hope you're enjoying the show. You can follow me at Sports Blitz Pod. And Rays fans, I kind of want to get your opinion because I haven't been watching the Rays very much lately because of, you know, hockey playoffs and stuff. And ever since the playoffs started, they've gone on this recent win streak, and I'm kind of convinced, I'm kind of conflicted on what to do. Should I not watch them as much? And they seem to be doing really good. But I also don't want to be a bad host and not seem to know what I'm talking about. But some of you may think that already, so feel free, let me know. I am a rather superstitious person. I don't want to mess it up too much, so feel free to let me know at Sports Blitz Pod. And with that being said, thank you for listening to me rambling on, and back to you, Mark. Well, thank you, pre-recorded Brandon, for those final words, and glad to have you here every week, even in pre-recorded format. Thanks again, everybody, for joining us on this special edition of Raise Up Baseball Biz. And we look forward to talking with you all again real soon. Just remember, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Twitter. Oh, we're everywhere. Special thanks to Scott Holmes for the music, Stomps and Claps. Ta-da!